like for you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Genesis. We're going through the book of Genesis on Sunday morning, and we're coming to the 15th chapter of the book of Genesis. And uh, there's a couple of phrases in this particular chapter that I want us to look at, but I certainly want to look at the whole entire chapter today. I titled my message... How's your hearing? It does seem like that the older that we get, seems like that it's harder for us to hear some of the things that uh, we once was able to hear. And certainly, uh, we have now devices such as hearing aids and things like that to be able to entice and to help us to hear the things that we should hear. But then there's sometimes, like these two guys I remember, uh, they were talking and he said that, uh, I don't know about your wife, but my wife, she, all she does is talk, 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 talk. The other guy says, well, my wife does too. He says, and she thinks I'm listening to her too, and I'm not. I'm sure there's some wives feels that way today. That uh, they talk and uh, think that their husbands are listening and they're not really listening. I found it interesting. I, I saw this crazy article the other day. And this article was about psychologists looking at the different sizes of the ear. And that they could tell what type of personality you had by the size of your ear. So you might want to look to your neighbor and look at his ear. And uh, listen to this. There's a couple of things that they said. They said a large and round ear shows a strong nature that it's concerned about truth and ideas and ambitions. An excessively large and fleshly ear points to a proud and pretentious nature. A small ear points to a careful and prudent person who has willpower and perseverance. An oval ear, well-formed, shows wisdom, loves to study, and has a desire for perfection. Ears that are cauliflower-shaped and uh, not well-formed reveal frustrated and uh, they have, uh, they are people that does not have ideas or charm. If the right ear is larger than the left, the person acts in an instinctive way. Fantasies is stronger than reason. If the left ear is uh, 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 smaller, it says... It says that that person is a cerebral type of person who never can decide on anything. Well, I think it's kind of a crazy article. I don't think you can really decide uh, what kind of personality you have by the size of the ear that you have. But I am interested in the fact of about how we use these ears. I think it's interesting that God has given us one mouth and two ears. And we probably should use them proportionately. A lot of times we do the opposite. We talk more than we listen. 
But there's something about listening, especially when it comes to spiritual things. I find it interesting that God still speaks to his people today. No doubt, possibly, he has spoken to you in a very special way this past year. And specially in this past week. God has spoken to you about a certain thing. Now, it's very important that you can hear and that you are listening. I like what Charles Stanley said in his book of how to listen to God. Listen to this. He says, I wonder how many times God has spoken to us and we're not listening. Oh, how so true that may be. He says, I wonder how many times he has something specific we need to hear, but we were too occupied to pay attention. I believe on the most valuable or the most valued lesson we can ever learn is how to listen to God. I really, truly believe that. That God has a word in store for every one of our lives. And it's so important that we do not become so preoccupied with other things that we don't have time to stop and to listen. I mean, you stop and you think about it for a moment. Uh, You look at our prayers many times. We do all the praying and then we jump up and we leave without staying there listening what the Lord has to say in response to our prayers. So it's very important. And I find here in this passage of Scripture in Genesis chapter 15 of how it speaks of that effect. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 10. Listen to these words. He says, hear the word of the Lord. Give ear unto the law of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. The Bible reminds us in Genesis chapter 15, in verses 1 and 4, there's two phrases that repeats itself. It's a phrase that says, And the word of the Lord came to Abraham. The word of the Lord came to Abraham. Let's look at this passage of Scripture with your Bibles open. Let's stand and read. Let's just read the first six verses just for a few moments. And I want you to notice that those phrases, and I want us to focus upon learning how to listen to the Lord. After these things, the Bible says in verse 1, The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid. Abram, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. What a word. What a tremendous word that God gave to Abram concerning his protection and his reward. But look what the Bible says in verse 2. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? 
and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. In verse 4, And behold, there it is again, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And then in verse 6, oh, how precious this word is. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. What a word. Father, help us to be sensitive to you. Help us to have a tentative ear to your voice. And to know that you have a specific word for a specific time and a specific place. How important it is for us to hear from you and to be able to respond as Abram responded. Help us, dear Lord. Here today, as we discover through the life of this man, Abram, Abraham, in the way that you spoke to him, the way that you gave him promises, the way that you protected him, and the way that you provided for him. Father, that is our prayer today, that you will do likewise in our life, our lives. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. And the word of the Lord came to him. That is a phrase. It's the first time that phrase is ever mentioned in the Bible. That the word of the Lord came to Abram. There's a couple things that I want you to see and notice as we study this passage of Scripture. We're going to look at the whole entire chapter because I think you have to to be able to discover all the things that God told Abraham in this passage of Scripture. First of all, I want you to notice as you go back and look at verse 1 that this was a timely word. It was a very timely word. A word came to him at the right time, at the right place. And the Bible reminds us of that very thing. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 25, verse 11, it says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. Solomon is saying that a spoken word from the Lord comes at the right time, at the right place, for the right reason. And oh, how how it blesses your heart when you're going through something and you're needing to hear from 
the Lord himself. And God speaks to you. Now, of course, he speaks to us in different ways possibly than he did with Abram. He spoke to him through a a vision and a dream. He speaks to us many times with that still small voice of the Holy Spirit within our heart. He speaks to us many times when we open up the precious Word of God. And it seems as if all of a sudden God has planted a specific Word there for us at that special time of need. It may, he may speak to us through a song. Maybe the choir has sung. Maybe he speaks to us through a message that the pastor may have preached. But all God speaks, and he speaks loudly, and he wants us to hear. That's why, my friend, I, I encourage you to give me attentive ear this morning. Because God wants you to hear. Because he has a specific word in store for you. Well, this timely word, it comes about in the very moment that Abraham heard from God. The Bible says there in verse 1, after these things that he received a word from God. Well, what things is he talking about? He's going back to chapter 14. This has been a very physically distressing time for Abram at this time. In chapter 14, we notice as we did uh, uh, last Sunday that Abram went to battle. He went on a rescue mission of trying to rescue his nephew Lot. And there was a king called Cade Lamar, the king of Elam, had captured uh, Lot. And there, Abram, with 380 some men, surprised the king late one night and and was able to retrieve Lot. You can imagine how physically they were they were tired. They had traveled more than a hundred and twenty miles in this adventure. They were tired physically, they were tired emotionally I believe they were even tired spiritually. And here, Abram was needing to hear a word from God. And even at that, after they had able to retrieve Lot, it became very spiritually depressing to uh, Abram to realize that Lot wanted to stay in Sodom. A righteous man as we understood. And yet he wanted to stay in the city of sin. Abram was very discouraged at this time. Thinking that I'd gone to all this trouble to retrieve him out of that mess that he was in. And there he is. Have you ever felt that way? You try to help somebody out, maybe a child. Or maybe a friend or a family member. 
and, and when you go through all that effort, they go back to their old ways. That's exactly what was happening here. Abraham was spiritually discouraged. And he needed to hear a word from God. And the Bible says, and the word of the Lord came unto him. It was a moment of doubt. It was a moment of despair. It was a moment of discouragement. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt that way? Maybe you're experiencing something physically. Maybe the doctors have said something that have brought about a physical discouragement because of some type of infirmity that you have. Maybe a cancer or a heart problem or, or some type of disease. And, 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 and it, has, it has depressed you and discouraged you. And, and you think, oh God, I need to hear from you. Dr. E.J. Rollins, a dynamic preacher and pastor, he had shared with his congregation over and over and over and over again that God was always sufficient. That no matter what the circumstances may be, God was able to take care of that situation. But things changed one day. His wife and daughter was tragically killed in an automobile accident. It became a dark, dark day in his life. A dark, dark day. And he began to cry out to the Lord. And it was almost as if that the Lord had a deaf ear. And that God was not speaking to this dear pastor. He became so despondent and so discouraged that one day a pastor friend had written him a letter. And by the testimony of Dr. Rollins, he said, even though that it had a stamp and a postmark, he said, I believe that letter came from the Lord. This pastor friend said, I understand your circumstances that you're going through, that you're despair, despondent and, and discouraged, and you're living in the shadow of doubt. But let me remind you, there in the shadow, the Lord Jesus Christ is standing by your side. Dr. Rollins later said, he said, that was the word that he needed to hear. It was a word that came from the Lord at at the right time, at the right moment. And it literally changed his life. Even though he knew those things, he just needed to be reminded by the Lord. And that's the way the Lord speaks to us many times. Of that very fashion. So you notice the moment that Abraham heard from God. 
But also, I want you to notice, the Bible says in Psalms 85 verse 8, he says, I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. God knows what we need, doesn't he? And he knows exactly when we need it. And he knows exactly the word that we need. But I want you to notice with me the message that Abraham heard from God. See, God not only knows we need to hear from him, but he also knows what we need to hear. That's what's so amazing about the Lord, that he knows what we need. Go back to verse 1 just for a moment, and you'll notice that God told him two things. He told him, first of all, that he was his protector. He says, fear not, Abram, I am thy shield. I'm your protector. Abraham was reminded something of something that was of so of importance to him. I'm sure you have heard the story of the Grecian warrior Achilles. And this warrior was a warrior that had been protected from head to foot. And the only area of protection that he did not have was of the heel. He was in battle one day. And wouldn't you know it, a poisonous arrow began to penetrate his heel and he died. Well, my friend, I want you to understand when it comes to the Lord, he protects the heel and the body and the mind and the soul. He is our shield. And so when you think that you're the weakest, my friend, that's when you become the strongest, as Paul says, in the Lord. That the Lord will be our protector. When we feel that we're the weakest. Oh friend, I want you to understand. That he is not only our protector, but he's also our provision. He goes on to say that I am not only your shield, but I will also will be your reward. God was saying, I will always be what you need when you need me. And I am your reward and I am your provision. I remember after my dad had died, the testimony of my mom, and some of you can identify with this, that the first night that she went home after the funeral of my dad, that there she was in that that house all by herself. She said that it was one of the most loneliest experiences that she had ever experienced. And so when she went into the house, as she 
walked into the house, she immediately turned on the radio to give some noise in the the quietness of that setting. And she was taking her coat off and hanging it up in the, um, uh, the closet. And she remembered praying as she entered into that house. Oh, God, I need you. And about that time on the radio, there was a song that came on. Never alone. Never alone. No, never, ever alone. And it was the old time gospel hour and the quartet was singing that. She said she knows without a doubt that God spoke to her that day just to remind her that he was not only going to protect her, but to provide for her. And no, never, never, never alone. For that was not by coincidence, but that was the word of the Lord. It was a timely word as Abraham experienced but not only was it a timely word, but go back to verse 4 again. And it was a truthful word. A truthful word. Now, in verse 1, we read that the word of the Lord came to him. In verse 4, you go back and you read, and it says, and the word of the Lord came to him. But let's just look at verse 2 and 3 just for a moment of chapter 15. It says, And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram says, Behold to me, thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is my heir. See, there was another matter in Abram's heart. There was a matter that God had promised him years earlier that his seed was going to be blessed. But at this time, Abraham, of course, had no child. Genesis chapter 13, 16 the Bible says that his descendants would be as the dust of the earth. Abraham had believed that, but years have passed now. And it seems as if that in Abraham's mind that God had forgotten his promise. Now we know that Abraham was... 75 years old when he left the Ur of the Chaldeans. And we know that that when Hagar had a son by Abraham, he was approximately 87 years old. So this was somewhere in between that time, 11 to 12 years. And so probably it had been five, six, maybe seven years And Abraham 
was saying, God, there's a matter in my heart. You've made a promise to me that you were going to bless my seed. But I have no child. He says, it looks like my inheritance is going to have to go to Eleazar, which, of course, was like his personal banker or his businessman because he had no child of his own. And then God spoke a word. You go back and look in these verses of Scripture. God... Abraham says to God, you remember you told me about having a son, and I still don't have a son. It wasn't that Abraham was arguing with God. He just wanted this matter to be settled once again. He wanted to be reminded. And so... Have you ever found that God makes promises to us sometimes? And sometimes in the midst of time, we feel like that God may have forgotten that promise. God may have said that I'm going to do this in your life or God's going to do that in your life and it never happens. Well, I remind you, as I I believe God reminded Abraham, your time is not my time. And our timing are different. And so, you see the assurance of Abraham. Not only the apprehension of Abraham, but the assurance uh, that God gives to Abraham here. Go back to verses 4 and 5. And here you see Abraham looking up into heavens. God tells him to look up. He said, your seed will be as, as stars of heaven. Have you ever found that when you look down at the physical, you always begin to doubt by saying it's impossible? But when you begin to look up in the spiritual you can say anything's possible with God. And that's what God was telling him. He was telling him. And so, first of all, God repeats a promise to Abraham. He says there in verses 4, listen what he says. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. So what God does, he just repeated the promise that he had already made to Abraham. He told Abraham seven, eight years earlier that he was going to do that. Have you ever found that God does that sometimes to us? That he just reminds us of his promise? 
I've heard people say as they're going through a difficult time, I know God is with me, but I don't feel His presence like I would like to. And then all of a sudden, by the grace and the amazement of God, God comes and ministers to them and just reminds them of that promise. Oh, God is amazing of a way that He repeats His promises to us. Friend, I want you to understand, this book is filled with promises. And you can go to the bank with it. There's not a promise in this Bible that God will not fulfill. Friend, I want to remind you that every word of this Bible is God-breathed. And it is a word that God is speaking to you directly. Whatever your need may be. So God repeated His promise. But God did not only repeat His promise, God ratified His promise. Go back and look with me in verse 7 just for a moment. The Bible says in verse 7, Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So he said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him, and he cut them in two, down in the middle, and placed each piece opposite the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram and... Look at here. Fell upon Abram and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in the land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them 400 years. And also the nations whom they serve I will judge. Afterward they shall come out with great possessions. It's interesting. How God ratified his promise. Abraham said, Lord, I hear your promise. But how do I really know that I will inherit, my descendants will inherit the promised land? Lord says, I want you to take a three-year-old heifer. He says, I want you to take a three-year-old she-goat and a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a pigeon. He says, I want you to take those animals other than the birds, and I want you to cut them half in two. And I want you to put them in a row. Now, this was important to Abraham because what God was doing, he was setting up a covenant 
with Abraham. And what they would do at that particular time is is that those two that would go into a covenant together, that they would walk between those particular animals because it was a covenant over the shedding of blood. And here you'll notice that Abraham did not walk. He was asleep. But God walked between that. Between those sacrifices, saying, I make a promise. I make an oath. If you go into a courtroom today and you were going to give testimony, one of the things they would do, they would pick up the Bible and they would ask you to put your hand upon that Bible and then lift up your right hand. And by saying, are you willing to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth you have made an oath that you're going to tell the truth the whole truth it's that same thing it's the same thing as you would see it today in the courtroom as what God did with Abraham that I make an oath with you that Your timing is not going to be my timing because your descendants are going to spend 400 years in Egypt. But then they're going to come out of Egypt and then they will be able to claim the promised land that I have promised you. See him ratifying that truth? Do you see him coming and reminding him of that truth. And then the Bible says in Genesis chapter 15, verse 17, it says, And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, and behold, a smoking furnace and a burning light lamp that passed those two pieces. Oh, my friend, the presence of God was symbolized by two different ways there. First of all, the presence of God going and ratifying that particular oath was, of course, that smoking furnace which symbolized His purity. And then, of course, that burning lamp which symbolized His holiness. It symbolized the presence of Almighty God making an oath to Abraham that his promise would be fulfilled. The Bible says in verse 18, And unto thy seed have I given this land. God said, Abraham, my word is true and I ratify it by this oath. God's word is true. And he has made an oath to fulfill that truth. Dr. Negroot was here a couple weeks ago. And every time I'm around Dr. Negroot, I'm always amazed of how God has used this man in such a marvelous way. But there was another man in Romania that was Dr. Negroot's pastor. And his name was Alexander Sovininci, very famous Romanian pastor. Alexander Sovininci led 
the Christian efforts in Romania during the period of the communism days like no other man had ever done. He received all kinds of persecution. His life had been threatened. His his family had been threatened. One particular day, out of nowhere, was the Communist Party. The KGB was on his doorsteps of his home. They burst into his house and they go through all of his books and they found one particular book which was the Bible. And then they found several other Bibles. See, Alexander Sovinici was a man that not only had a Bible, but he was distributing Bibles. That was a major offense during that communistic day. They arrested him that day, and they took him away. And there, as they took him away, his family did not know where he was at. His family did not realize whether he was alive or whether he was dead. They had taken Alexander Sovinici to Siberia, put him in the labor force camp. Months after months after months, he labored. They tortured him mentally. They tortured him physically. They tortured him in every fashion you possibly could imagine. Alexander Sovinici, a great dynamic pastor and preacher and Christian, his faith became very weak. And one particular day, he thought he'd had it all. He could not take any more of the torture and the pain that he had experienced. And he decided that he was going to commit suicide. Well, how do you commit suicide in a labor camp? One particular day, he was resting on a log bench, an old log tree that had fallen. Several other uh, prisoners were sitting there on that log. And he knew in the back of his mind that if I get up and run, that those soldiers will shoot me. And he put his hands down on the log, getting ready to stand up and to carry out that particular adventure. Then about that time, another prisoner came and sat down beside of him, put his hands upon his lap. And then he took one of his hands and he took an old crooked, crooked piece of wood and he drew in the soil that they were standing or sitting in front of a cross. Alexander Sovinici said, it was as if God had spoken to me 
verbally. Don't give up. Don't give up. I've been with you, I am with you, and I will always will be with you. Little did he realize, one week later, he was in Geneva, Geneva, Switzerland, being let go. His family and friends had been praying and petitioning for his release. Isn't it amazing how God speaks to us? Isn't it amazing the way that he does it and and at the right time, at the right place, at the right hour and saying the right things. Possibly God is speaking to you today. God is saying something to you in a very, very special way, possibly through your pastor, possibly through the Holy Spirit. You're discouraged, possibly. You you may be despondent because of this situation, and you might be like Abraham. Lord, I need to hear a word. Put on your listening ears. And listen, because at the right time, at the right hour, God will give you the right word for you to sustain your situation. Amen. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for speaking to our hearts through the life of Abram, Abraham. That the word of the Lord came to him. And Lord, that is our prayer today. Lord, even right now, maybe the word of the Lord is coming to somebody and saying, there's the need of salvation. You're lost. You're undone. You're, you're needing a Savior. The one that went to the cross He died for you. And if you will just listen to me and allow me to draw you to the cross, you will experience life eternal. Lord, they may be God speaking to someone here today. And you're wanting them to do something specifically. And you're sharing with them today. Help us to have our ears available and to be sensitive to the word of the Lord. God, you might be telling some that they need to unite with this church. I ask you, dear Lord, to speak to them, to guide them and to direct them and give them boldness to fulfill your will. Lord, you might be speaking to someone here today that has sin in their life. And Lord, you're telling them that that word hinders and hampers their hearing and that they need to get rid of it. So God, do as you 
can only do what's best for each and every one of us, and that is speak, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.